Peace be with you. In this expression of peace in our gospel text, the risen Savior is not merely sharing a wish for the absence of conflict or struggle in our lives. Rather, he is giving the full condition of well-being that comes only when God and man are at peace with one another. May our risen Prince of Peace give us this blessing in abundance through his word to us. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the reports of Jesus' resurrection in and of themselves didn't seem to change much for the disciples. They had heard about Mary's encounter with him in the garden. They had heard about his visit with the Emmaus disciples. And they had even possibly heard from Peter and John about their race to the empty tomb. But there they were on that evening of the first Easter Sunday, hiding behind locked doors. Why? Why? Because they were afraid. Fear is a powerful force. And in the disciples' case, it was certainly understandable. Jesus had been subjected to a disgraceful, horrible death at the hands of an angry mob. And he had warned his disciples the night before that they could expect the same. In John 15, Jesus says, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they thought they could slip by unnoticed, Peter learned the hard way that laying low would not be easy. So in some ways, we can relate to the disciples today. Because has much changed for you since last Sunday? Has anything been different since celebrating the good news of Easter? We heard the same reports of Jesus' resurrection. We shared the joys of alleluias, the good news of Christ's victory over the grave. But we too deal with fear, don't we? Yes, fear is most certainly a powerful force. Although our fear is different from the fear of the disciples on that Easter evening. No matter how many times we hear John 15, 20, where Jesus says if they persecuted him, they'll also persecute us. Most of us haven't faced the threatening questions like Peter did. Here in the West, at least very few Christians have reason to fear physical harm. So our fears today are less about our following of Christ and tend to be more a result of our individual problems and circumstances. What are those circumstances? What are those things that lead us into fear and worry? I recently heard a doctor say that anxiety prescriptions are going through the roof right now. And it's not just because of the pandemic. The sources are many. There are many things in life that lead us to fear and worry and anxiety. Uncertainty regarding the future is a frequent culprit. So is the potential for being shamed or letting others down. Many people fear repercussions from past mistakes and habitual sin. What are your fears? Yes, we face fears all the time. Just like the disciples were filled with fears that first Easter night. 
But that's where we see something truly amazing happen. Jesus comes to his disciples. He comes to them in person to calm their fears and to give them peace. You see, Easter changes everything. It shifts us from having fearful, anxious hearts to being filled with the peace that only the risen Christ can give. And the great thing is this. Jesus still comes to us today to give us peace, to calm our anxious and troubled hearts. That's a wonderful truth for us to know here today, that Jesus comes to us to give us peace. Jesus comes to us right here in person. He does that because the I know God is with me because he's present everywhere just doesn't cut it when we're locked in fear. We're locked in sin and darkness and impending death, and God seems to be a million miles away. It's like a young child crying out for mom in the middle of the night. Who knows mom's there in the house, maybe even in the next room, but that's not good enough. That's a million miles away in child miles. He needs mom there. They need mom's touch. And so now, many years later, but in the very same way, Christ's word and victory has come here to us in this place, here at Grace Lutheran Church. Jesus knows what we need, and so he comes to us now. He comes to raise us and give us his spirit, to give us forgiveness, and to give us life as he touches us in baptism as he speaks to us the gospel through absolution, as he feeds us with his holy supper. To us who are in need. And we are in need, aren't we? We are, and Jesus knows that. He knows what we need even better than we know ourselves. And so he is here. He is here. Just as he came for his disciples, he comes for you. Because he knows it's only a matter of time before sin catches up to us all, when our doing just fine turns out to be not so fine at all, when health, wealth, and happiness go away, when all words of hope or encouragement go silent, when friends we thought we could count on have left the building, when death rears its ugly head, either for you or a loved one, and we are exposed for who we really are, dying sinners. But Easter, Easter is God's answer for a dying world. His word of hope, of a future, of forgiveness. It's the word of everlasting life from the one who is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. And his word is this, that he has died for you. He has died so that you may live. He died so that you would be forgiven of all of your sin. He died for you that you who are captive to fear and death would be set free. He died and rose for you to now live in him. And he gives you everything that you need to lead a holy life, to die a blessed death, and to live eternally. And so as God's people, we are simply called to live 
as if Jesus really did rise from the dead. Because it's a truth, it's a certainty. That's why we began by confessing that Christ is indeed risen. Alleluia, amen. It's a truth, and we live in that truth. And as we live in that, we realize that it makes a difference. It changes our perspective. It helps us to realize that we are eternal. As ones who are connected to Christ in his death and his resurrection, we know that as Christ lives now and forevermore, that the same is true for you and me. What a wonderful blessing that is to live in each and every day, no matter what circumstances in this world happen to us. You know, those terrified disciples, they needed to hear God's word that first Easter night. And we, as his disciples today, need to hear that word too. And this world in which we live is filled with people who desperately need to hear that word. And so just as Jesus not only came to his disciples, but also sends them out equipped with his peace, he comes to us. And he sends us out equipped with his peace to go to others around them or go to others around us and to give them Jesus. To give them Christ, not to be a poor substitute, but to give them their savior, to go to them with him, with his spirit, with his peace, with his forgiveness, with his life and with his love. And as the disciples were sent and pastors are sent, so you too are sent in your callings, in your vocations, in your homes and schools, workplaces, neighborhoods, communities. The Lord of the world fills his word of life and forgiveness as we go out and share that where he sends us. Because there are some locked doors out there to homes and hearts where perhaps only you are equipped to go. Places where maybe the church isn't welcome or where pastors aren't welcome, but you are. And then you, who have received such a wonderful, precious gift of God's grace and love and forgiveness, are able to share that in a very real way and to share that to people who desperately need to hear that good news. To say to those who are locked in sin and in fear and in death, fear not. Fear not, for Christ has risen. His forgiveness is for you. His life is for you. His resurrection is for you. Fear not. The grave could not hold him, and it will not hold those whom he makes his own. Peace be with you. That's the good news of Easter. If you have peace with God, you have everlasting life. And so with that in mind, the greatest service that we can render to our neighbor is to offer them that very same peace that we rejoice in. That's the office of the keys, the keys that open heaven. And God sends us out with his word and spirit. He sends us out with simple water as a means of grace to make disciples. He feeds and nourishes with Christ's body and blood. And he sends us out because he has made a difference in how we live in his peace. Yes, Jesus knows exactly what you need. 
He knows we need the, his peace in order to be able to go out and share it. And so he comes to you today to give you of himself. Today he bids you not to, he, he bids you not to place your fingers into the holes in his hands and side, but he places his very body and blood into your mouth. The very same body and blood that Thomas and the others touched, given to you for the forgiveness of your sins, to raise you to new and eternal life. And we need that. We need that because Satan isn't going to give up. We take a quick look at the world around us and what's happening in our country, and that quickly confirms that fact that Satan is not going to give up. But don't fear. Don't fear. Satan did not and cannot win. Jesus' resurrection shows that there is no foe, no trouble, no doom that is greater than him. He is, as we heard from John in Revelation, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth. He is the one who has the keys of heaven and hell. He is the one who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. And he comes for you. He comes to give you exactly what you need. He comes for you because you can't do it on your own. No matter how hard we try, we need him. And so as Easter people, rejoice in that wonderful truth that Jesus is here for you always. Amen.